Hello and welcome to lucky number 13, our holiday episode of the Queen Bee Book Club podcast. I'm Audrey. I'm Cher. And we are the Queen Bees. We are without Tyler today for the first time in like a month. I know. I mean, frankly, like, I don't know if you guys realize how big of a deal it was (laughs) that we got Tyler on our podcast. Like, got him. All three weeks. Like, he came all three weeks. He was never really late. No. He never canceled on us at the last minute. He always had really thoughtful notes. Yeah. And just what what a treat. It was a total treat. I hope he's still listening. I bet, he'll listen, I bet he'll listen to this one to see if we talk about him, which we obviously are. Maybe. I don't know if he's as, like, maniacal as us, though. Yeah. I would think that. Well, because when I guested on that Summer Movies podcast, mm-hmm. I definitely... Well, I listened to all the episodes anyway, but... You listened carefully. To the next one, because I wanted to see if they would talk about me, and they did. <laughs> they say nice things? They did. Okay. Except for Matt did correct... Um, a joke that I had made. He had made a corrections about corner. The, on you. Yeah, about the ArcLight movie theater. <laughs> Is that the one I really like? That's that the he one. Hates? No, it's okay. the one he really likes at the mall. Oh, okay, okay. Well, okay. because some of the doors at that theater just go outside, and I was really confused. Okay, I have been to a movie at that theater. I saw that movie Witch or something mm-hmm. with them. I remember that you went to go see it because I think I met you guys for drinks afterward because I didn't go to the movie for whatever reason. Yeah, well, it was a weird movie. <laughs> it was very scary. I think I was just like, meh. Yeah, I mean... I could miss it. I brought a full plate of, like, lo mein into the theater, <laughs> and Chris was like, you are Liz Lemon. <laughs> and I was flattered. Well, it's nice, because that theater is literally, like, it. you exit into the food court of the yes. mall. So it's like if you would like a snack. I love a good food court. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we just have so much to talk about this week. I know. Um, this is our holiday episode, by the way. We'll probably be taking, we will definitely be taking next week off because you guys have stuff to do with your families and we have stuff to do with our families. And We'll have to be taking a couple of weeks off because that's then true. I'm like, I'm going to Portland, Oregon for a conference. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So like you oh, won't, goodness. you won't hear back from us until like January, mid, mid January. Heavens. Yeah, so sorry. Guys. I did Google. I did Google recently um, how to record a podcast if people are in two different places. Oh yeah, because I know for a fact that like the West Wing Weekly, they do that a lot. I know Bros Watch PLL too. They also do that. Yeah, I know that when um, they started the podcast, Marco was living in DC and Benjamin was in California, and they would Skype it. Maybe yeah. I'll message them and yeah, be like, how did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was like you should Skype and then you cannot, like, you just have to, like, separately record and and then somehow, I have no idea. Okay, we can hardly set up two mics. I mean, we'll figure it out. Yeah, if we, yeah. If we have we're to. Store. Well, because yeah. I was thinking because of your very exciting law school news, I, know. I, you know, obviously you'll be busy with law school, but I also wanted there to I be I was planning possible. on doing Okay, good. Podcast. Well, I didn't want to put that on you if you were... No. It's stressful. It's but, not that stressful. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't want to lose this necessarily. <laughs> no, I was not planning on giving it up. Okay, good. A part of me was like, I knew I could never do this, but I was like, maybe like Tyler and I could do no. it. Yeah, I know. Are you I was like, me? And then like Cher could like pop. No, air, like. absolutely not. And, and then I was like, like how yelling I am. <laughs> no. no. No, absolutely not. Yeah. You can get Tyler for three weeks. You cannot get Tyler for once a week for the rest of his <laughs> life. So <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, no, I was, I was thinking about that as well, but I also was like, 
we have time to figure that out. That's true. We have literal months. Like, we have, like, almost a half of a year. That's we, true. We have literally a half of a year. So That's I'm, true. I'm not worried about it. So don't worry, guys. Don't worry. We're not going away anytime soon. No. You're stuck with us forever. <laughs> clogging your podcast feed. <laughs> um, so speaking of holidays, Audrey and I watched the movie The, the Holiday. Holiday. And my review is I really liked it. Good. I'm really glad. I am mad, though, that because I was watching, like, the Snap story. So you, the Snap story you can't see anymore, but you can see that I live tweeted our experience on mm. our Twitter. But I had Snap storied or Insta storied um, your reaction to, like, the, what I consider to be the holiday's big reveal. Yes. Is that Graham's a father yes. and not, in fact, cheating on Amanda. Yes. And well, but is it cheating when you've had a one-night stand with someone? No, no. But I, the, the reason that I like watching the holiday for the fir- when it's someone else's first time is that everyone reveal. has the same reaction, and it's the same reaction I did. Is like, Amanda pulls up at the house, and you're like, oh, no. He's with a woman. He's with a lady. <laughs> like, and then that little child shows up, and everyone's like, oh. Except me, who's like, she looks like a starved orphan. <laughs> See, that's what I missed. <laughs> I, like, video. No, that's in there. Oh, it was? It was, yeah. Okay, I don't... It's in there. I I watched it, yeah. Okay. Because my other... I was like, I know I videoed it, and then it, like, wasn't in the Insta story. I was like, did Cher go in and delete this or something? No, I watched it. Interesting. I I think that also, though, what happened maybe, because it didn't show up until very late. Oh. And so I don't know if it's a thing where, like, you posted it, and it just, like, Instagram didn't post it all the way for a long (laughs) time. But then... buffered. Yeah. Like, that's what it seemed like. So I'm like, wow, Audrey saved that video clip of me <laughs> and then posted it three hours later or, or no it was like the next morning so then oh, it was gone anyway interesting so it was on there for a period yeah I mean it would have been many people probably missed it but some people <laughs> probably saw it um well good yes because um, I wanted the world to know that you thought that that little ginger girl looked like a starved orphan she grew on me but like she also like seemed like a bit of a manipulator just <laughs> trying was. to get Amanda to be she her mom she was pimping out her dad pretty hard yeah like I want to see our beautiful tent that he built us if you wanted to sleep over that would be okay <laughs> yeah but she meant in the tent I thought so that, that line has always confused me a little bit because I always just assumed she would sleep in Graham's bed. And then I was like, wait, why would they have to push their beds together? Yeah, no, that's a weird <laughs> line. I agree. Um, I guess um, to play favorite and least favorite with that movie, my okay. favorite is Arthur. Obviously. My least favorite? I mean, like, n- not including um, Kate Winslet's terrible... Jasper. Jasper guy. I mean, like... Of the mains, yeah. My least favorite would be Amanda. Okay, interesting. I've always, I yeah, I have to say my favorite storyline is Kate Winslet's, yeah, like same. the whole thing. But then it's like, well, Jude Law's just very handsome. Jude so Law, I feel like you can't. They, I feel like they spend a lot more time on the Jude Law, Cameron Diaz storyline, mm-hmm. and I think most of that is because Jude Law is just He's a beautiful, so beautiful. man. <laughs> he so like pretty. <laughs> I'm like getting flustered thinking about it, but like. That man is, like, it beyond. Yeah. One thing that always frustrates me about that movie, and this is, like, a very dumb frustration, is I never liked that um, Kate Winslet never actually gets to yell at her brother for sleeping with Amanda. Oh, yeah. Because I always wanted to see that reaction of, like, little Jude Law being like, what? Well, but the thing, I mean, the thing in the context, or, like, the thing between the lines, though, is that, like, Jude Law is slutty. Yeah. (laughs) And, like... She's like, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and 
Jude Law is also slutty in real life. So, yeah, he is. Which is disappointing. Yeah. Because, like, you know, I guess you can't look like that and also be a nice person. No. It's the thing. No. Yeah, that's Like, you true. can't be Jack Black, who is a family <laughs> man, <laughs> with, who's never cheated on his wife and is still Don't married after, about. like, 17 years. But why would, why would Jack Black ever cheat on his wife? Like, is he really going to... I've never seen what she looks like, but I just can't imagine he's going to do I imagine better. she's beautiful. I yeah. mean, but Jack Black is funny. But he's, like, got, like, an energy to him that might be exhausting. Yes. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I think I think Jack Black would be a fun boyfriend, though, because it mm-hmm. seems like, I mean, it would be a little bit annoying if he talks about song score or movie scores all the time. Like, <laughs> I could not care less about movie scores. But, um, I mean... It seems like he's fun. Yeah, I think the movie does a good job of making it very believable that Kate Winslet and Jack Black would be together. Well, they also have Kate Winslet have the has having the self esteem of like a pea. Yes, so, it's true. So she like it's um, you know, which is unfortunate because she is beautiful. Yeah, and she's smart and that movie always her hair in that movie always yeah. gives me the idea that I could pull off being a complete blonde but I couldn't I don't have her coloring you have been a mostly blonde though yeah but I, I think, think you, you need dark roots well I think also it's like if you don't want to change so, your eyebrows I do not then you yeah I, I guess although like I mean I don't know there are blonde women who have dark eyebrows who look cool yeah well because her eyebrows are a little bit darker and so whenever I watch that movie I'm like I feel like I could pull a blonde well aren't your eyebrows supposed to be several shades darker than your real hair like even naturally I think so but I don't know but my eyebrows are pitch black where they're like they match your hair yeah they do yeah my hair is dark though naturally I just like to keep it light I like to keep it dark. <laughs> yang yang over here. Um, Especially in the winter, because I just feel like my dark... I'm so pale that it's like... I I'm just, also pale. I feel like it's a little too severe. See, I guess, like, I go for the snow white look. Okay. So, like, I like to be... I mean, I, like, wear sunscreen every damn day of the year and dye my hair dark. And I like that look. Yeah. I like a snow white look, and then sometimes I just feel like it's a little a little severe on my, me. I guess it's also like because my dream persona is Blair Waldorf and that's what <laughs> she looks like. It's true. So. I don't like Leighton Easter as a blonde. I don't think that No, I don't like it either. I don't, it might be her natural hair color, but I think... Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, and it's you, like not a good blonde. You can't see that I'm... But I'm She's frowning. She's disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm frowning. She's upset. Angrily. Well, yeah... Zoe Deschanel is not a natural blonde, but she has blonde and elf. Yeah, and she looks like a different human being. Yeah. Like, it's hard for me to, like, accept that that's Zoe Deschanel because it's just, like, not... Well, she does her throaty singing, so you should recognize it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because I feel like Zoe really not rebranded herself, but it was, like, she was kind of, like, she was a working actress, but then she became, like, Zoe Deschanel when she, like, got the bangs and the long brown... Mm -hmm lustrous hair. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Also, though, like, I have complicated feelings about Zoe Deschanel because I loved her in 500 Days of Summer. Like, mm-hmm. I worshipped that character. I'm like, okay. that is what I would like to be. <laughs> um, And then she was a new girl, and, like, I found her kind of annoying. See, I like her a new girl. I find her charming. Well, 
That's the difference between you and me. Yeah, that's true. But I do, I will say about 500 days of summer, every time I'm reading in public, I'm always like, (laughs) (laughs) is someone going to propose to me? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) This is how one falls in love. Even though some, (laughs) I'm pretty sure I read in some like horrible women's magazine where it was like, ladies, don't read in public. Be approachable. I was like, what? No. I'm pretty sure if anyone talked to me though while I was reading, I'd be like, please go away. Because there's nothing Depends more annoying. What I'm reading. That's true. Depends on who approaches. True story. It's Jude Law. <laughs> Jude might Law, put my book down. Throw your book aside. <laughs> Just toss it. Jude Law, especially like Jude Law in glasses and like oh. a blazer. God, that man. Like, he. I want to watch Sherlock, the Sherlock Holmes movies, and again <laughs> because. I just feel like I have, I'll have a stronger appreciation for him. Yeah, well, because um, Robert Downey Jr. really overshadows I know. Him. Well, and, and I probably, like, if I was going to pick between Jude Law and Robert Downey Jr., I would pick Robert Downey Jr. Oh, every damn day of the week. Me too. I, in high school, I had, like, a dangerously serious crush on him. <laughs> well, and it really crept up on me, too, because it was, like, I remember, like, the Rolling Stone cover where he was, like, all in orange because it was, like, right before Iron Man came out, mm-hmm. so it was kind of, like his big comeback and I remember being like ugh like he was in prison drug addict like not a role model for me I don't think and, and then, then I saw Iron Man and I don't think I connected the two and I was like I am attracted to this person and then I saw um Char- this movie called Charlie Bartlett have you ever seen it Mm-mm. he's like he's in it and he plays this principal and Kat Dennings is in it and this other guy um that really sweet guy who, like, died last year. His name was, like, Anton something. But it's basically about a kid who, like, he has, like, a lot of anxiety issues, and so he has this psychiatrist. The kid or Robert Downey Jr.? The kid. Okay. And he, like, starts reading up, like, all these kids are, like, having these issues in high school, and, like, they keep talking to him about it. And he basically just starts telling their symptoms to psychiatrists and getting them prescriptions. (laughs) Oh. And so it's like it's like very precarious and so um but that would stress me out that yeah, movie probably. Yeah. And Robert Downey Jr. plays the principal who like catches him and also is Oh, Robert kind of, Downey Jr. is not the one who's giving them drugs. No. Okay. No, 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 no. The the, the kid teen is, is. Okay, yeah, okay, who's okay. in high school. Okay, okay, okay. Um and we were watching it. I was watching it with my best friend Mo and I was like, I had that principal is is appealing to me and she was like you have a thing for Robert Downey Jr. because every time we watch a movie with him in it you make a comment about how you find him appealing. He's a beautiful man and I like he's sassy in everything yes and it's it's like I also like back to again to my attraction to short men <laughs> I love I love a yeah, short man he's a, he's a little guy yeah but he's cute as a damn button yeah he is and he's like funny yeah he's funny he like is sweet. He's usually rich in movies. Yeah, and he really doesn't get pushed around by Marvel. He really bilked them for all their worth. He was like, "You wouldn't have a franchise without me, so you're going to pay me about fifty I'm million dollars." I'm everyone's favorite. Who the f cares about Captain America? No, no one. one. We're going to alienate some people with that, but you know what? Come at Who? us in the comments. Who are we alienating, Rachel? Maybe. <laughs> Rachel, a little bit. Maybe Grace, my friend Grace. I'm sorry, but he is. He's very so boring. boring. I agree. He is very boring. I also, I really am not, this is a hot take, I don't find Chris Evans that appealing. Like, obviously, he's objectively, ha- he's the oh. one who plays okay. Captain America. <laughs> well, see see how disinterested I am? I didn't even <clears throat> learn his real name. I, yeah, I'm just like, he's just too, 
he's like Zach Efron to me where I'm like, mm, yeah, well. he, <laughs> <laughs> where it's like, yeah, I mean, I find him handsome, but I'm just like not. Okay. Well, I don't, I'm not really that into Zac Efron with the exception of Zach Efron in Hairspray. Oh, I do like a good Link Larkin. <laughs> yes, I love I was him obsessed that. with that movie. And I remember it came out right before the seventh Harry Potter book came out. And so those okay, two, okay. like, pieces of media are, like, really intertwined in my brain. Hmm. Because I also, like, I was listening to the Hairspray soundtrack nonstop when the Harry Potter book came out. And so I would read, I was reading the seventh Harry Potter book and listening to Hairspray, hmm. which is, like, a not really... Like not the aligned, same vibe. No. And, like, Quentin and I... Not the same cl- fashion. No. Quentin and I made, like, a Harry Potter parody, and, like, half the songs we used were from Hairspray. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a video of that? It was buried in, like, Quentin's parents' like, I'd video love to camera. See that. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. So, I, I understand what you're saying, though, about Captain America, and that he's just boring looking. Yeah, he's just like really, con- I like my men a little unconventionally handsome. Mm-hmm. A little scraggly, maybe. See, I like them short and sassy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like uh, Barba on SVU. Do you know who that is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, wait, no, no. I think I do know who he's, you're talking about. He's the, aid, the um, he works in the DA's office. He's like kind of bald, isn't he? No, he oh, is not okay. at all. I take it back. He, I think he's like supposed to be Cuban on the show but he's uh, okay anyway he's the prosecutor who like prosecutes all the sex crimes and he is like very sassy and I don't know I just I really like him my my mom I like my I have told my mom before and she's like that guy I'm like yes but he also dresses really nicely Mm -hmm. like he coordinates which I appreciate yeah I like a I like a sharp dresser He's anyway. I'll show you a picture. Or maybe I'll post it on Instagram story <laughs> and see what people think about him. But um, he's underrated. I think he's been in musicals too. I think he can sing. Nice. Yeah. From what I've googled of him, I like that. Um, yeah. Somebody retweeted a picture recently of just to go back to Zac Efron and Blink Larkin of him like when he's singing "Ladies' Choice." Yes. And he like licks I, the microphone, yes. and they were like, "I mean." I bought that music video on iTunes. As, I mean, so that's understandable. I also just remember, like, that came out, I was, like, 15, and, like, the premise of Hairspray is that Link Larkin, who's, like, this cool guy, falls in love with Tracy Turnblatt, who's, like, this, like, chubby little girl with, He's like, a, a can-do attitude. Yeah. And I just remember him saying, like, you know, like, to me how a woman looks like doesn't really matter and I just you know I'm way more interested in their heart which is probably bullshit but I like as a 15 year old I was like wow like the hottest man in America isn't primarily concerned with looks he was however dating Vanessa Hudgens at the time so like he was kind of full of shit (laughs) whatever but it was yeah it meant a lot what he meant was I like girls with baby voices (laughs) (laughs) which nothing worse than a baby voice in my opinion Vom. Um, but yeah. So anyway, so a couple more hot takes about the holiday. Um, I guess it's a tr- Christmas tradition to have um, fettuccine. Christmas fettuccine. Which, like, I've never heard of. Kate Winslet says that, like, it's a thing. And it makes me think, like, maybe it is in Britain because mm-hmm. the next scene is Amanda eating fettuccine. Maybe it's, like, a family thing. 
for them. Oh, maybe. Like, maybe. And, like, he, like, because you might forget they're siblings. Right. Um, but, yeah, um, I don't know. What else? I cried in the part where Arthur got his recognition that he deserved. I was watching you very closely. (laughs) That's like mostly the storyline I was the most invested in. Yeah, because it's the best one. Yeah. It's like the one that really. I love Old Man. And he's such a sweet man. He's so sweet. I like that Hugo Boss. He cuts a nice suit. (laughs) I know. He's like, what a little prince. And he looks adorable in a fedora. I know. Arthur. Um, I really did not like that. What's his name again? Jared Jenkins. Jasper. <laughs> Jasper. I really did not like that storyline of him no, like uh, flying across the country no, to go see. He's awful. Like, and he's still getting married. Like, how? Yeah. What a what he's a, like where, a sociopath. Where did you tell your fiance that you went? <laughs> like, is she an idiot? Like, is she? I think she must be. Well, because, okay, so what's the chick um, that Big marries in Sex and the City? Natasha. Natasha, she knows that Big and Carrie are sleeping together. Yes. And then it's, like, confirmed when she catches Carrie at their apartment. Yes. But, like, she's no idiot. But this girl, apparently, is an idiot. I think, too, like, so Natasha, does Natasha know before they are married? I don't know that she does. Um, because they're not sleeping together before they're married. Right. But she was like, I know that something is going on because she, like, chases her through the house. Well, in her house. So she yeah. knows that they slept together. Yeah. yeah. But that's after they're married. So I yeah. guess I guess in, in Natasha's case, like, I feel a little more sympathy for her because she doesn't realize it until she's already married. And, like, there's no oh, yeah. recourse. Like, she's, like, basically, like... I have to, like, live with this or, like, get a public divorce that's, like, really embarrassing after, like, two months of being married to this 40-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... I, like, feel horrible for Natasha. And I know, like, she's, like, a snobby 20-something who, like, we aren't supposed to like, but I just She hasn't done anything really wrong. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, like, blame that on Carrie and Big. Like, I'm like, that is not... Oh, no. Okay. no. No, no, no. But anyway, so, like, I'm Team Natasha in that whole... Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, she at least was savvy enough to, like, pick up on clues that, like... I mean, obviously she catches Carrie, but she's not, like... It's not, like, a shock to her when she finds Carrie at the apartment. No, 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 not at all. Whereas, like, I... Like, does this woman... Like, I mean, we never really see her very much, but it's, like, does this woman have any... How does she not have any idea that Jasper's, like, constantly calling her? And emailing and stuff? Yeah, Yeah, I know. And then flies out to California. Well, that's the thing. It's, like, Big was leaving for afternoons, and yeah. Natasha was aware. Like, this guy's leaving for presumably Days. over 12 hours. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it's, it would take him 24 hours just in flight time. Yeah. He was like, I've got to go. Let alone, like, navigating LAX. And he writes a column. Like, there's no reason for him to travel for work. No, he has, like, the cushiest job of all. It's like Christmas all. Eve. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I don't. I, I Yeah, I don't know. But classic man, though, just, like, you can't have something, and so now it's all that you want. Yeah. Ugh. He's disgusting. He's horrible. And also, though, Jack Black's, like, he catches her in in the act of, like, being... I mean, not, like, in the act, but, like, <laughs> he, she's obviously on a date with another man. Yeah. And, like, he still entertains her crap. It's like, no. Yeah. 
That girl, what's her name again? Maggie. Maggie. F her. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. <sighs> I just, like, Jack Black and Kate Winslet just need to, like, both get a little bit of self-respect yeah. in that movie. And Cameron Diaz needs to have higher standards because <laughs> she, like, she just expects that Jude Law is sleeping with other people and she's like, well, I mean, what can you expect? <laughs> Like the secret is he's just a a dad who pawns his children off on his parents a lot. <laughs> but he's just doing doing the best he can. And of course he's a book editor. I like know. stop it. Book editors don't look like that. <laughs> <laughs> they do in romantic comedies. Book editor and architect are like the primary mm. um the primary occupations. I guess that's true. Like Ryan Reynolds is in publishing. He's like a pu- he's yeah. like he's like an administrative assistant. Well, there are like firm. there are romantic careers, and romantic careers are like publishing. Guys, it's not that great. <laughs> it's really not <laughs> a blanket term of businessman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. Um, speaking of publishing. Yeah. Um, our book, which I don't know that we've said anything about yet. Oh yeah, Bridget we, Jones's Diary. <laughs> it was Bridget Jones's Diary. Um, she also works in publishing. She does. And one of her love interests also works in publishing. Yeah, it's a, it's a hot career. I guess <laughs> it's like, but like, I guess what they don't say is like you're poor. If yeah, you work that's in publishing. true. Like they don't make that clear that like if you work in publishing, unless you're like, you Dan know, Delaware's Prada, yeah. then like you're. I mean, I don't know. Like, unless you, unless you are the top dog, like, you are yeah. not making much money at all. No. Well, I think the and idea... you're living in really expensive cities. Yeah. Well, and I think the idea behind working in publishing in this book, too, is, like, there. it's really... Inter- I think Helen Fielding is really interested in that, like, dichotomy between publishing and, like, books and TV and that, like, publishing, you're, like, really smart if you mm-hmm. work in publishing and really cultured and you're, like, a part of, like, these, like, important literary conversations, whereas, like, TV is kind of trash. Well, especially the kind of TV that they're working on. I mean, Bridget's yeah. basically, like, a tabloid reporter <laughs> in the second part. So, like, it's not like she's, like, working, like, you know, on some, like, really esteemed news show. Yeah. Well, and, like, Perpetua is, like, bitching about how they're making uh, Pride and Prejudice on television. She's like, they have to have proved that they read the book in order to watch it. It's like, okay. Yeah. Natasha makes some, like, really bitchy comment about, like, how it's a democratization of culture. And and Bridget's like, isn't that good? (laughs) (laughs) Don't we like democracy? I do love Darcy in that scene where, like, Bridget's like, I like Blind Date. Like, I don't know what that show is, but I assume it's, like, a a reality TV show, like The Bachelor or something. I think it's probably like that. Also, the, like, wasn't this written in, like, the 90s, too? Like, like, I don't even know if that show's around It's like The Dating Game or something. Yeah. Um, But I like that he's like, well, Bridget's obviously, like, a top postmodernist. Yeah. Darcy. Yeah. Heart. Um, So who's your favorite and least favorite character in this book? Okay. Um, My favorite? Okay, so... Sometimes I like to exclude the protagonist because I feel like that's especially... It's too easy. It's Bridget's diary, too. So it's like we're made to hopefully like her. Yeah. Um, My favorite character is Tom, her friend. (laughs) Okay, okay. Because I feel like he... I have it written down somewhere. I just feel like he's a really great friend. I know. Um, Oh, so Tom is a great friend. He liked Bridget before she was too thin, like when she loses all that weight. And he's like, I just thought that you looked better before. And he tells her that she looks 16 when she's all worried about um, 
looking too old. And he's like, he also tells her, though, when she looks bad, mm-hmm. which I feel like is a good friend move. He's like, oh, my God, you're wearing way too much makeup. Like, you do not need that much. You are, like, 16. I also like when he puts a note on her phone that says, like, do not call Daniel on it <laughs> to remind her. Like, yeah, he is a very good friend. Yeah. I actually think that Bridget in general has very good friends. Yes, I agree. And and I think, like... But they're not, like, cookie-cutter good friends. It's, like, they have their own stuff, too, which I think right. is fun. Yeah. Well, and I think, so, um, like, just in general, I've been, I guess, like, both this and the part that I'm at in Sex in the City is, like, kind of intersecting where, like... Mm-hmm. It's kind of about, like, friendship is more important than, like, searching for a significant other. Mm-hmm. And um, I watched the scene where Charlotte, who, like, normally is probably my least favorite character. Yeah. Like, I think she's, like, a little bit anti-feminist and, like, pretty embarrassing to watch sometimes. <laughs> she's just very one-dimensional. She is one-dimensional, but, like, some of the stuff that she says, like, about, um, like... She's like, well, like, you know, you should try not to make as much money as your husband. Oh, yeah. That'll make him feel bad. I'm like, oh, God. Or when she was like, politics is a great place to meet men. I was like, Charlotte. No, yeah. She's embarrassing. Um, But so she, it's like when she's going through her separation with Trey and Mm. she, like, basically says to her friend, she's like, you know, like, what if, like, our best friends are our soulmates and, like, the guys that we hang out with are, like, just fun people that we, like... Yeah. Like, which is, like, I think sometimes what we think about when we think about friends. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, like, it very much resonated with me. One thing that, not to be a smug married over here, <laughs> but one of the things that I really like about Brendan is that he's never, ever tried to, like, like, he, he knows that my friendships are really important and has never tried to, like, he's never expressed, like, jealousy or, like, anger, even though, like, a lot of times I put my friendships first. Mm-hmm. And, like, one time I said to him, I'm like, oh, like, you're my best friend. And he was like, no, I'm not. Like, Lauren and Olivia are your best friends. And, like, <laughs> I'm under no illusion that I'm your best friend. And he's like, and Harry's my best friend. And, like, I mean, like, you're my wife. Like, we don't have to be, like, everything. Like, he's like, you know, just because we got married doesn't mean that they, like, get demoted. Yeah. I always thought that was weird when people say, like, oh, yeah, they're, like, they're my best friend. Because I, I mean, just feel like friendship is so different from, like, a a romance. I mean, I, like, I would say, like, Brennan is certainly one of my best friends and that we, like, do a lot of stuff together and I mm-hmm. really enjoy his presence. But, like, I guess the point was more that, like, just because I got married doesn't mean that he gets to, like, surpass yeah. all of these other relationships that I've had. It's just, like, a very different kind well, of Well, and I think that was, that was well illustrated when literally directly after you guys got married on your honeymoon, like, Sharon and I were making plans to go see Tyler in an improv show and Brendan said can I come along or will I be third wheeling (laughs) (laughs) Cher's husband is the third wheel (laughs) not me (laughs) yeah I mean I think anyway I just that is like one thing that I have had boyfriends who have like sort of claimed that they need or like I just think felt insecure because I have close friendships and Yeah. yeah and like And don't like that I would make time for other people, like, whether they be my family or my friends. Like, Mm -hmm. they wanted to be, like, the thing, the sun. Yeah. And I think Brennan's, like, I'm, like, frankly fine with you having other people in your life. And I'm confident enough that you like me that it's not a thing. Well, as your friend, I can tell you that it's very appreciated. Like, I always like when Brendan's around. Like, I like Brendan very much. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just nice to have that understanding. And I feel like you're also a good – you're really good about, like – 
even though I don't really feel like you need to ask me to bring Brendan to things because I never mind when he comes. But I appreciate that you, like, check in and that Brendan's never, like, annoyed if he's not invited or I don't know. Well, Like, I I feel like you guys are just, like, very mature about it, and it's never felt to me that it's, like, I don't know. Well, thanks. I'm glad. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I think – but I think part of that, though, too, is, like – he's just really nice about it yeah and like and well because i think I'm it's annoying when couples act like they can't do anything apart from each other i agree like you can't just do like something with like just the girls or or like a group of friends that like we're a group of friends because we have this experience together well and my least favorite thing is when couples assume that like when they're invited that that also means their significant other is invited Mm -hmm. to something like so without even telling you they bring them and they show up and it's like wait like I Mm -hmm. thought we were having a one-on-one thing oh yeah 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 and so I don't know I I really don't appreciate that so I have tried to be sensitive about that (laughs) also Brennan's gone for half the time so it's like I mean you know he can't come anyway he can't come to everything (laughs) Um, I, there are definitely times though, like especially like when I have to go to parties or whatever, that I'm like, I wish you were home because I don't <laughs> want to go to this by myself. Um, but anyway, so um, that was just a brag about my husband corner. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it was related because yeah. I think I think that it's always a bad sign in like romantic comedies because I'm not an expert and like Sex in the City <laughs> and everything else when people put their love interest above their friends mm-hmm. like that's like a horrible sign that that person is probably like not worth it yeah well also i think if you're keeping your love interest from your friends there's probably a reason for that because mm-hmm. like your friends have known you for a pretty long time usually mm-hmm. um and so usually it probably means something is wrong with that person that you know mm-hmm. um but you don't want to admit <laughs> Right, and it's there's like nothing worse than when you dislike your your oh. like your best friend's significant other, and it like sucks. I mean, you can't tell them no because like unless they're like I mean, it sounds like Vile Richard needs to be <laughs> like I think that that maybe Bridget should say something about Vile Richard. Well, I like she said last time that they did say something. Jude just told Vile Richard everything that they said. Yeah. So she was like, now he looks at us like we are like. These bitches. Yeah, I know. It's like, which we are, but. <laughs> but he deserved it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, Jude. Jude. Like, do you think her real name's Judy? Maybe. Because I have an Aunt Judy who I also like to call Jude. <laughs> In the movie, um, the girl who plays Jude is the girl who um, plays Moaning Myrtle. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Who, like, also is 30 when she's playing Moni yeah. Myrtle. Like, she's supposed to be 16 or But she 13. has that great voice. Yeah, she does like, have a good it's voice. It's too good. Yeah. No, she is excellent in that role. And yeah. she, frankly, does not look 30. But no, when she does I, not. When you, when you it's IMDb, so funny. it's like, whoa. <laughs> and it makes, the, like, the scene where she's, like, flirting with Harry in the bath that much worse. Yeah. I also, to stay on Bridget's Friends for a little while, I have a note that said, I hope, Share. I hope that if I ever got the idea that I was going to cook for everyone for my birthday, that you would just make a reservation somewhere. <laughs> uh, I absolutely would. Like this is not this is not going to go well. I love that part. I know they're like we're taking you out. We we heard what you were making and we just have a feeling. <laughs> and me, like I think there are some people that would be really offended by that. Like I can't believe 
But I like, I think if they told, like, if I think if you told me in advance, like, Audrey, I don't think you're going to be able to do that. I'd be like, watch me. But I think, like, having that backup plan, I think it just I shows. at least would come over and try and help you because, yeah. like, I cooking for cook. that many people. Well, I mean, I can't really either. I try to, but. Uh. I just don't like it. Especially cook. I like cooking in, with groups of people. And, like, if it's mm. for something, then it's kind of fun. Like, I like preparing I stuff. I like baking. I like baking. But it's, like, cooking for yourself, I think, is so boring. Well, it's also, like, you spend 45 minutes cooking something and three minutes eating yeah, it. Yeah, it's just, like, what? Yeah. It's not worth it. I, I mean, would 100% rather eat out every single day than ever have to make myself anything. I agree. Although, I will say, like, I cannot control myself if I eat out. I will always eat, like, the most bad-for-me thing on every menu. That's accurate. I will do that, too. Um, But I think, I think for me, too, like... It's really hard to find the time to cook when you also are working all day. Yeah. And, like, you basically Sunday have to, like, cook something in advance in order to have something to eat for the week. Yeah. Which I never would like to do. I would always like to watch Luther for 12 (laughs) hours. I finished season two last night, by the way. Nice. Yeah. You're getting into the seasons that are, like, two episodes long. I know. <laughs> I don't understand it at all. I don't, like, wasn't the first one at least, like, ten? It was six. Okay. Well, it felt longer. It felt long. <laughs> I mean, I guess they're full hour episodes. Yeah, that's true. Rather than the 45 minutes, but it's an excellent show. So who is your favorite character in Bridget Jones? I mean, okay. I mean, okay, I would say... Like, do I think she's a good person? No, but am I thrilled by her every time she comes on screen? Yes, Bridget's mom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She's so funny. Yeah. But, oh, God, she's the worst. Yes, she is the absolute worst, but I, like, whenever she's in it, I'm like, oh, good. (laughs) Goody. Um, I imagine her also, like, older than she probably actually is. Mm-hmm. I imagine her basically being played by Colleen in um, The Rock, <laughs> <laughs> which makes it more fun. My least favorite is Natasha, because I don't feel like she's an ally to women. She's, like, mean to Bridget. Natasha is the girl that, like, the, Mark Darcy's yeah, always, yeah. like, bringing places. Yes. Um, I hate her, too. I also think it's funny that Natasha is the name always of, like, young mistresses. <laughs> and, like, the intimidating girl that, yeah. like, will lose in the end. Yeah. To their quirkier counterparts. Yeah. <laughs> um, my least favorite character... Okay, so, like, I'm going to try not to pick a main. Uh, Rebecca. Which one's Rebecca? She oh, the, one. the friend who's, like, catty. She's, she's so mean the to The jellyfish. Bridget. Yeah. She, she's the one who, like... Um, there are a couple of things she said. Like, she always is, like, trying to, like, passive-aggressively tell Bridget she's old and fat, <laughs> basically. Like, and she is, like, like, to me, it's, like, I guess with Natasha, I sort of get it more because I'm, like, basically Bridget is an enemy. And, yeah. like, you try to take her out. But, like, <laughs> like, Rebecca is supposed to be a friend. Yeah. And, like, she is horrible. Yeah. Well, we should, I think we should talk about the weight thing because... Okay, yeah. Can we talk about the weight thing? Yes. So Bridget Jones is sold to us in the movie and in the book as, like, kind of a, like, a delightfully, like, plump woman. Mm -hmm. And, like, so the book is written in diary form and, like, 
at the at the top of every entry, she writes like her weight and like how many calories she's had and like how many cigarettes, cigarettes alcohol many? units, usually sometimes lottery tickets. Yeah. Um, and how her, many sometimes how many times she dials like that weird number that <laughs> tells you how many people have called you or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and her weight never goes above like 131 pounds. Okay, so yeah, I will say too like. Bridget Jones weighs less than me throughout the entire book. Mm -hmm. And, like, I have never been told that I am, like, overweight. No, because you're not. But, like, and I don't think that I look overweight. And I think, like, Renee Zellweger in the movie, like, looks more overweight than I do. And I'm like, I think that this is, like, a weird, like... Yeah, I think Renee Zellweger, it's interesting because I think, like, she just gains weight in her face. I think she gained Mm. weight, more weight for the second book or the second movie than the first because when I watched I think like when I watched the movie the first time I was like oh yeah she's kind of chubby but I think that's just in comparison to most of the stick figures that are Mm. usually in movies and now when I watch it I'm like she's not like fat by any like I would consider her thin in the movie I think she just like I have not seen the movie I I think she just like whole like she just looks fuller in the face she has a round face too which like I also do which automatically makes you look bigger but Um, but anyway, so I was just, like, reading it, and, like, literally it made me feel horrible reading it, because yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, like, like she's, like, 131 pounds, like, I'm disgusting. And I'm yeah. like, shit, like, Obese. I wish I was 131 <laughs> yeah. pounds. Well, I looked, I l- even looked up, like, the BMI, like, chart, because yeah. I was like, well, maybe she's short. And Renee Zellweger is 5'4", so 100, 130 pounds would be, like, well within normal range for her. Um, but you would have to be, like, five foot tall. In order to be considered over, even like just overweight, at 130 right. pounds, because I'm five four, mm-hmm. and like, so that same, the same as Renee Zellweger, and I'm like, I, I don't know, like the weights in this just seemed very unrealistic to me. Yeah, for a second I thought I was like, well, it is Britain, and then I was like, well, no, it's pounds still. It's so. <laughs> they didn't measure her in stones. Yeah, if she was in stones, she'd be like three stones. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, um, I think it's more to do. I think this book kind of skewers the idea that women are constantly feeling bad about how they look because like there's so many like things of you know Bridget and her female friends are always reading like self-help books and like when she gets down to 119 pounds and everyone's like you look awful um like you just look really tired and too thin and she's like my like life's work was for nothing (laughs) Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, the last time I think I weighed 119 pounds, I was 16, maybe. Like, or probably, like, 15. Like 10. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, I mean, I was, like, like, I remember putting that on my driver's license when I was 16, and I was lying. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I just, like, I think it's, like, a little bit. I mean, I really like this book. It might be, like, my favorite book that we've read so far. Mm-hmm. And I, frankly, like, find it irresponsible to be yeah. doing that because like yeah. it made me feel shitty almost the whole time I was reading it because I was like yeah like I like have been dieting <laughs> because yeah. of this book well I think that and because it's a diary form and like I think Bridget is exposed to us as kind of an unreliable narrator at yeah. points but it's like her but her prose are like so sarcastic it's like we kind of know that she's like to take it with, like, a little grain of salt, I guess. But I also think it's very, like, a realistic portrayal of the female psyche. Yes. Like, I think, like, that's exactly how, like, women who are dieting or women who are, like, trying to, like, Mm -hmm. 
like when she's like ah very saintly I'm like that's exactly what it's like when you Mm -hmm. like have done everything right for a full day which is frankly like once in a blue moon well and she when she's telling Tom about I think it's Tom about calories oh yeah and he's like don't you just need like 2,000 to survive or something and she was like yeah I kind of forgot that like there was like a number of calories you were supposed to have and not the goal was not to have as few as possible (laughs) Well, and there are days she has 300 calories. Yeah. I'm like, girl, like... No. You're going to start building fat. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and, like, also, like, you're going to die. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. Yeah, I think there... I think there should be somewhere... Well, because when the stupid American woman that Daniel is sleeping with behind her back, she says something like, I thought you said she was thin. There's that, and then there's also like the 20-year-old she makes out with that says she's all squishy. squishy. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. Which is funny, but it's like, I wish she weighed, like, I wish it was clearer about how tall she was and, like, I wish she weighed more. I think she should weigh more. I think she should I weigh think more. I think if they're, like, I also think, like, even if she weighed, like, I, I mean, I don't even want to put a number on it because no. I don't want to do what Bridget Jones did to me. But, like, <laughs> but like I think, um, yeah, I mean, I just think it should be higher. Yeah. Or, I mean, there could be or there should be a way of making it more clear. Like, I guess most of the book kind of makes it clear that it's just, like, women are just hard on themselves. But, and, like, I think the scene where she is 119 pounds is really well done yeah. where it's, like, she's so happy. And it. I think it shows that women's perceptions of how they look are so different from how other people see them because women are 100% harder on themselves than they are on other people and like right. especially their friends um like they they like have a harsher sense of what they look like right um but still i wish that she weighed more cuz it definitely makes me be like ooh yeah and i yeah I mean, I guess this book was written in, like, the 90s or something, so it was, like, way before there was a lot of body positivity going on for, like, all shapes and sizes, but still, like, 130 pounds I guess, is, like, but I know me. But that's also, like, I just think that that's pretty normal. Like, like don't like, sell me. It or, is. Like, that's, like, skinny. Yeah. Like, don't sell me her as, like, like I our, think like, that, chubby icon if, like, she's definitely just thin. I also think, too, that, like, Victoria's Secret models weigh 125 pounds. So yeah. it's, like, I mean... Well, they're also, like, 5'11". Well, right, and they have so much boob. But, like... <laughs> Weighing them down. You know? But, I mean, it's it's just sort of, like... Yeah. I don't know. No, I, that always trips me up. And so sometimes I just, like, those skip parts those are funny, parts. but I skip it because I'm, like, oof. Yeah. It troubles me. It, it's troublesome for sure. <laughs> Um. All right, I like, I like, I wrote some stuff in here, but but I also I think that it also shows how like Bridget is unable to stick to any diets or like stick to any of the self help stuff because it's so prescriptive. Yeah, and it's like if you're actually like an individual, it's like you're not really going to be able to stick to something like that. And if you do, it's boring. Like when Bridget sticks to something, Tom's like, "Oh my God, can you please drink something?" Like, if you try to get rid of all of your vices, it's like you're not a very interesting person, <laughs> which yeah. I like about this book. It says, like, also though too, freak flag. Well, yeah, but also, too, it's, like, I think on the days that Bridget is, like, doing everything right, it's, like, she's had three, or, I mean, I say right, right in quotes. She's, like, she's had 300 calories, no <laughs> cigarettes, no alcohol. Like, it's, like, you're, like... I don't like you as much in this yeah, section. Nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> Except for you kind of feel good about yourself. 
Yeah. Um, so I really like that the book begins with New Year's resolutions. Yep. Um, do you have a New Year's resolution this year? By the way, I don't make them. You don't make them at all? No. Like, you don't make them and then not do them? Like, you just don't even do it at all? No. I try to not set myself up for things that I'm going to be hard on myself about. Okay. Like Bridget. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Like, obviously, you have, like, I feel like every year you're like, okay, I would like, I I like to more think of, like, where I want to be when the year is over. Like, how, like, I want to make progress in this area. Or, like, I hope that this changes by the end of next year or something. Okay. Um, but I don't, like, make specific New Year's resolutions. Hmm. So we did a poll on our Insta story, and it was, like, pretty evenly split. <laughs> like, in that do it for a week or New Year's revolution. But New Year's revolution won, I think, by two votes. <laughs> so I always did find it funny um, when I would go to the gym like in college like right around like right after new years and it was like packed full of people and then three weeks later it was like very much empty again i was like guys (laughs) (laughs) that's true um so i'll tell mine then okay um please do so mine is basically to do stuff in the moment when i could be doing them rather than like i guess okay i should preface this by saying like the way that i like cope with anxiety and like organize my life is Mm -hmm. with like lists and Mm -hmm. so like I go through lists throughout the day and like sometimes (coughs) I will basically be like well that's not next on my list so I'm not going to do it even though Mm -hmm. it's like really would be really convenient for me to do in that moment but I just Mm -hmm. don't want to and so I don't and then I put it off but I think that I would be more efficient and have more time Mm -hmm. to myself if I would just do these things when I should be so like for example if I'm out to just like get everything done at once Mm -hmm and stuff like that or like at work when I'm like I don't really want to answer that email and so I'm going to put it off for several hours like just (laughs) like to just do it yeah um so that's mine um and also to do better about meal planning because I have been horrendous about it (laughs) and I have a falafel every day for lunch well which it's like Luckily, it's pretty cheap, so, but, like, still, it's, like, buying lunch every single day is, like, not great for my budget, mm-hmm. especially when you work in publishing. Yeah. Because there's not much money there. There's not much money, despite what Daniel has. Because <laughs> he's, well, he, I think he's, like, one of the big wigs there. I guess. I mean, I hate him. He's the worst. He is disgusting. I, yeah. He's definitely, he's he's very much... In the same camp as Jasper. Yes. On the holiday. They're like very. They're very similar. They're cut from the same cloth. Yes. Yeah, he's terrible. Um, it does not surprise me at all that Hugh Grant plays him either because Hugh Grant is like. So it's kind of funny. So I studied abroad at St. Andrews and Hugh Grant would come for like this golf thing that happened every year. Mm-hmm. And Hugh Grant was actually banned from my dorm because he had gone back with like young girls oh, more than once cute. <laughs> yeah which like I mean the thing too is in Scotland a lot of people go to school at 17 and yeah. so like I mean I don't know the age of these girls but like they were mostly freshmen so I'm like they're like 17 Yikes. or 18 like Hugh Grant you're gross yeah so doesn't surprise me I think that's so disgusting when men sleep with like when men who are in their like 40s and 50s like sleep how old is with, Hugh Grant 
Is he not? Like, he's probably in his 50s. 50? I would say. Really? I'm going to Wikipedia that. Um, late 40s. Okay, I don't... Um, but I think it's so disgusting when, like, men who are in their, like, 40s and 50s, like, covet and, like, lust after girls who are, like, 20 years old. I know, it's gross. I just find that so unappealing. Yeah. Well, and especially to you, like, a man like Hugh Grant who, like, is essentially, like, using his, like, celebrity as oh, power. Yeah. And it's gross. For sure. Let's see. What else? Hold on. I'm, I'm <laughs> you talk for a second because I'm looking up Hugh Grant. Okay. Well, if I could talk about birthdays for a second. Because, like, Bridget, I think one of my – it wasn't one – Sorry. It wasn't one of my favorite sections, but I related a lot to her anxiety about planning her birthday Mm -hmm. because I think as an adult, it's like you don't want to impose plans on people, but like you want to do something for your birthday. The ideal is having a friend like Cher who will text you individually and ask you what you want to do for your birthday. And then we'll text everyone and say, hey. Let's do this for Audrey's birthday. That is what I did, right? Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. we went and got drinks, and it was very nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, because you don't want to like expect everyone to spend money on a meal or whatever with you, but it's like that's kind of all there is, unless you like throw a party. Okay. <laughs> wow, I am shocked <laughs> at how old he is. <laughs> he is fifty-seven. Oh my god. <laughs> So he's almost 60. <laughs> he has four children, too. Gross, Hugh Grant. Come on, get it together. <laughs> um, but, like, um, yes, I agree about birthdays. Um, oh, my gosh, I have huge news about my birthday. Oh, please tell. Wow, this is, comes at a great time. Um, so Bruce Springsteen has a show on Broadway. Yes. And months ago, like, back in September, I had signed up to, like, be put on like the thing that allows you to buy tickets at all <laughs> and like so it's a lottery and so yeah. I was not picked my mom was though Ooh. and so my mom got to go with her on her girls trip in New York and I was furious yeah and although I did find out though which made me forgive her is that um my mom like waited at the stage door and brought my wedding program where I have like <gasps> Bruce Springsteen um like, I walked down the aisle to Bruce Springsteen, for those of you who don't know, um, <laughs> Thunder Road with my dad. And um, my mom, like, brought, a, like, a printed-out picture of my dad and I walking down the aisle and, like, with a note that says, like, she's the true fan. Like, it would, like, mean a lot if you would sign this. But, like, he drove away really quickly, so she didn't get the Aww. chance to give it to him. But she gave it to one of the guards, and so maybe he'll mail it back. And she had a pre-addressed envelope with the stamp. Oh, my God. So maybe, maybe we'll get it back. But anyway, so that made me forgive her for going to that show with, without me, even though Bruce yeah. is my thing. Um, but um so today while i was at work i got Mm -hmm. a text that was like i had gotten an email a couple of days ago that like you're on standby to buy tickets and so like you once again were not selected but like you're on the wait list and so if they don't sell out in a certain amount of time we're sending out more codes okay and so the code went out and so i like like frantically bought tickets on the day of my birthday. Nice. So this year I'm going to see Bruce Springsteen oh my on gosh. Broadway. Gosh. And I'm so jealous. The other thing that I love about it, so I told Brennan, I'm like, oh my God, I got tickets. I'm so excited. And Brennan, in his way of not assuming that he would be going with me, was like, <laughs> he was like, well, you know what you should do is you should have people compete to try to get to go. Like he was like, <laughs> 
He's like, she's like, you should see who's the nicest to you, and then by that time, you can select who will go with you. And were you like Brendan? Well, so okay, I guess the, the, the other reason that he might have not necessarily guessed that he would have been invited be- is because I always spend my birthday with my mom. Oh, that's true. And so, like, she always flies in, like, no matter where I am. <clears throat> not when I was in Scotland, but, like, she'll fly in and, like, we'll do, like, a girls weekend, and that's what I did. Even though Brennan and I were living together, like, I went mm-hmm. to New York last year for my birthday, and um, and that's, like, fine. But it's, like, my mom birthed me, so, like, I want to yeah. spend my birthday with her, and, like, I don't get to see her that much. So, that's true. So I think he wasn't sure if, like, I might be bringing her or, like, since mm-hmm. my dad is such a Springsteen yeah. fan, if, like, I might have invited my dad. So, like, frankly, like, right now I don't know who I'm going with, but I know that I am going, <laughs> which is what matters. And I'm really excited about it. Ugh, and this has taken all, all the stress off of my birthday. <laughs> so, because I'm having the best time ever. Um, but, yeah, that scene where she um, – is the scene where she cooks the thing and everything turns blue? Is that for her birthday? Or no, no, that's okay. after she gets the great interview because that's when Mark Darcy's there. Okay, okay, okay. And he right. helps her like make an omelet, like that's a little, right. like a little prince. Yeah. Okay. So I, the other thing I'll say, so Mark Darcy, I like, am very into him. Like, really? Yes. I love him. I really like him a lot. I just. He's so, and I think the book does actually a better job of illustrating this than the movie maybe does. Of like, I have never seen the movie, guys. So okay, just to be um, clear. I think like he's. I love the reveal that he's just like he's misinformed and just kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. And because she's like, why do you like stop just asking me about books? Like I'm so sick of you. Like obviously I don't read and. <laughs> And he's like, but Una told me that you read all the time, and and that's why I talk about it with you. And, like, it's just so sweet. I think, like, I think it's every girl's dream, I think, to have a guy, like, appreciate her for being kind of quirky Mm -hmm. and to find what makes her kind of, like, different, like, Mm -hmm. charming, I guess. Yeah. And so, like, that reveal of, like, he's like, everyone else is so lacquered. I think was really it's just really lovely like makes your heart warm because I like that Darcy is very much like he's very rich and he has like the right career and like he's doing and like Natasha like theoretically like should be the one he goes for but he's like I hate how like polished all these women are that they basically they have like all the right opinions and like no real opinions because I think yeah. that's what this book is kind of critical of. It's like you should be able to like whatever you want to like because you like it, not because it's like the right thing to like. Yeah. Well, and I think like he also he's awkward, but he's also very thoughtful. Yeah. And like he can tell like when she shows up at that party dressed as a bunny, Ugh. which is like the worst. <laughs> and like such ugh, a nightmare. So bad. Um, because like they like it was originally a costume party. Creepy Jeffrey yeah. didn't want to tell her. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Who gives her his special hugs, Ugh. which like is gross. Um, but yeah. Um, so she shows up, and then Mark Darcy, like the only one who says anything, like she, like he says to Uma, he's like, um, like maybe she might want to change into something else. Like she yeah. might be uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> like it's while everyone else is just like, why are you dressed like that? That's weird. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I'm kind of surprised, not 
I was really hoping you would like this book because I also relate to it a lot. So I was like, yeah, if Cher doesn't like this book, she might not like me as much as I think she does. No. <laughs> um, but also because I was wondering if you would like it because it has such clear parallels to Pride and Prejudice. And I know that's not your favorite. No. Well, I like Mark Darcy better than Mr. Darcy. Okay. Yes. Um. So, I mean, okay. The other thing, too, that I will say about Pride and Prejudice is that, like, we read so much Jane Austen in, like, a period of time, and it was mm-hmm. done so quickly that, like, I should probably give Pride and Prejudice another chance. Mm-hmm. But I just, I guess it's more that, like, it just wasn't my favorite when we read that year. Like, yeah. I preferred okay. Emma. Okay. So it wasn't that I didn't like Pride and Prejudice. I just, it, well, I wouldn't have picked it as my favorite one. Well, and I think also you're, in general, very attracted to, like, the, the like, your criteria for it being one of your favorites is usually, like, the, like, female protagonist. Mm -hmm. And I, like, Emma is obviously, like, a way more fun protagonist Mm -hmm. than Elizabeth is. Like, she can be a little bit frustrating. And I think Bridget's a lot more fun than Elizabeth is. Yeah, I think that's true. Even though I like Elizabeth, but, like, she's a bit, she's not as, like, fun as Bridget is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And I think also, like, Bridget's family is a lot more fun. Like, I found, like, Alyssa's family kind of boring. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I think that her family is a little bit more redeemable, whereas, like, Elizabeth's family, it's, like, the dad doesn't do anything to, like, help his daughters, like, not end up in squalor. Yeah. And the mom is just crazy and embarrassing. Yeah. Which, I mean, so is Bridget's. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, yeah. But she... I don't know. She's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, and I like that you get a mind for, like, I like that Mark Darcy really explains himself toward the end when he asks her out. And she's like, why on earth would you want to go out with me? And you kind of get a mind for, like, his interior life. And it's so reasonable. Where it's, like, he also has a mom like Bridget's that was Mm -hmm. just, like, saying, like, oh, Bridget Jones. Like, you should talk to her, Bridget Jones. And he was like, I don't fucking want to. And so he's in a bad mood when he meets her for the first time. He's wearing a weird jacket. Yeah, jumper. just like you know, yeah. he's not having it at all. Yeah. Um. But you kind of see that he like gives her a second, ch- a couple second chances, in like a very sweet way. And she gives him some second chances too. I mean, like you clearly like you can tell she's warming to him mm-hmm. as the book goes on. Where in the beginning she's like that guy is boring and weird, and I'm <laughs> not interested in him at all. Like he's wearing bumblebee socks. <laughs> Well, I think um, what this one shares with Pride and Prejudice is that, again, like, my favorite rom-com structure Mm -hmm. of, like, bad first impressions Mm -hmm. and then, like, turning and then, like, kind of slowly, like, characters just being, like, kind of constantly thrown in together until finally they have to, they, like, have to confront those bad first impressions. Yeah. Well, and I think also, too, like, Mark Darcy is such a contrast to Daniel, who's, like, kind of, like, he's, like, the smooth talker, like, but he has, like, Daniel has literally no follow-through. And, like, he, like, is only interested in Bridget when she's being an ice queen. Mm -hmm. And is also, like, pretty much sexually harassing her at work. Yeah. um, Over, like, iChat. Yeah. Or or G-chat or whatever. (laughs) Their mail messaging system is AIM. Um, And I don't know. I just hate, like, to me, like, one of the worst qualities in, like, a friend or a significant other is, like, people who, like, commit to stuff and then don't show up. Oh, yeah. 
Um, like, I, like, hated that he, like, smooth-talked her mom. Yes! And was like, yeah, yeah, we'll be there. And then, like, is like, oh, I have to work. And, like, goes and has an affair with, like, that, like, yeah. girl that he says he's going to marry. In the instantly. movie, it's worse because they go out of town together. And then the morning of the party, he leaves. So it's like he goes with her and then he leaves. Yeah, that's mean. Very troubling. And and like he's like he like constantly is like canceling on her for dates or like not calling her and Yeah. I just think like there's nothing worse when you're dating somebody to have that anxiety of like he's probably never going to call me again and I have no control over it cuz I don't want to be needy and like that's yeah. horrible. And yeah. frankly ladies, like if you're having that just write them off because they're not <laughs> worth it. I'm serious. Like I mean, I will say like the reason that I was able to like date Brennan without being a total psycho that I really am yeah. is that Brennan had read receipts on his phone. Nice. And so like I would be able to tell that Brennan hadn't even read my text that I sent 15 yeah. hours ago and he was actually working as he should be. Yeah. Um and I was able to be like, "Oh, he's reliable." And like when we first started dating, and, like, we started dating in January, and, like, Valentine's Day was coming up, and I was, like, basically being a Kate Winslet and being, like, well, like, you know, he probably doesn't want to do anything with me for Valentine's <laughs> Day because, you know, it's very soon. And mm-hmm. Brennan was, like, so what are we doing for Valentine's Day? I'm, like, <laughs> wow, like, this is so easy and, like, not mm-hmm. complicated. I'm not guessing half the fucking freaking time. And it's, like, I'm not having anxiety attacks, like, in my room wondering if I should text somebody. Like, yeah. Anyway, if you have those feelings, guys, like, chuck them to the curb. They're not worth it. (laughs) Well, to go back to, like, the Pride and Prejudice connections for a bit, I think one of the things I really like about what Fielding does is that I think in Pride and Prejudice, the narrator kind of has the last laugh. Because, like, all the jokes in Pride Mm. and Prejudice, I think, are the narrator being smart and clever, which is, like, kind of like Jane Austen being smart and clever. Right. But Fielding gives all the laughs and the jokes to Bridget. Like, it's very much her story. And, like, so Nora Ephron had this idea called, like, everything is copy. And so I think her mother used to tell her, like, so if you slip on a banana peel and people laugh at you, then, like, they're laughing at you. But when you tell the story about slipping on the banana peel it becomes like your story and it's your laugh and you're in control and so like yes we're very much laughing at Bridget and like her way of explaining what's going on with her and like just the ridiculous things that are happening to her but she's also very much in control of how that's coming off because she's the one writing it and she's the one kind of and I think she's very like aware of how absurd everything right. is that's going on and I just love her takes about like smug marrieds and you know she's yeah. like yeah you know like our whole bodies are covered with scales and I just love the anticipation when she walks into a room of like all of these old people are just gonna ask me why I'm not married how old is she supposed to be she's like 31 like give her a break <laughs> it's so funny like are the 90s like were the 90s just like way more backwards than we remember like I think, I think that they, they must have been well and I think it was also like my mom talks a lot about um, how the 90s were also like the age of like Martha Stewart mm. and like you know like women were really getting kind of far in the workplace so it was both like you had to have like a Martha Stewart home but you also were judged if you weren't you know like killing it in the boardroom too so there was like this like contrast and like my mom just thinks that like Martha Stewart is just another way women 
feel bad about themselves and make other women feel bad about themselves. <laughs> this is, like, pretty unrelated. I mean, it's related to Martha Stewart. Have you seen the articles about, like, her posting really ugly photos on Twitter no. for food? So, like, I think I think that basically it just is that, like, Martha Stewart, like, keeps taking pictures in, like, bad lighting. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're not professional, photo- like, photographs, <laughs> which, like, her food usually is photographed in. And so, yeah. like... You should look it up, but it's really funny because, like, a bunch of people are like, oh, my God, like, that looks like throw up. And, and, like, they are really, they're really bad pictures. Um, But anyway, and Martha Stewart was just like, whatever, it's delicious. Well, and I, but I think that's really related to, I think, fielding is trying to show that so much of our lives are about perception. And so much of them, it's like the veneer that you put on for other people. Yeah. Whereas, like, Bridget's not very good at putting on a veneer, which is why we like her. Yeah. And why Mark likes her. Um, but other people. Mark. I know. God bless What him. a sweetie. Colin Firth. The he thinking woman's me, hottie. He reminds me, like, he reminds me a little bit of um, Ben and Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Like, their relationship is, like, a little bit similar where he's, like... No, like, I'm just very sensible and straightforward, and you're mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, um, but, like, you're really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. You just like how passionate they are. Yeah. Which is, like, a nice thing to like about someone. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else? I have here. They're awful, but I love Una and Mrs. Jones's meddling. I love <laughs> that Una is also just as invested in Bridget Jones marrying Mark Darcy that, like, her mom is. Okay, wait. So I have to ask. So, like, I know this is only the first one of, like, how many books? Four? Three. Three. So does she continue to entertain Daniel throughout these? Okay, I've only... I've never read the second book, so I don't know how it's different. Okay. But in the second movie, what happens is basically, like, Bridget and Mark are together in the beginning, but Bridget's crazy because she's, like, oh, like, Mark starts working with this, like, very beautiful woman, and Bridget gets, like, really insecure, Mm -hmm. and so they end up breaking up, and she goes to Thailand for work with Daniel Cleaver because he's, like, doing a TV show, and, like, they kind of hook up, but then, like, Bridget gets tricked into basically being a drug mule on accident and gets, like, caught at the airport and is detained, and, um, and, like, Mark, like, does all this stuff so he can, like, get her home and, like... This is a barrister. Yeah, he's adorable, and, like, he tries really hard, and... But then he, like, confronts Daniel, because in both movies, um... Hugh Grant and Colin Firth have, like, these really hilarious and embarrassing fights, like, fist fights. Oh. Yeah. Um. See, I really, I really like that Mark Darcy hates Daniel Cleaver, too. Like, that's yeah. part of the charm. Well, and in the movie, Daniel tells um, Bridget that it was the other way around, that it was um, Mark that slept with his fiance, And so at first, like, so Bridget has even more reason oh, to dislike okay, okay. Mark Darcy. Um, and, like, at the end, she figures out Daniel the truth. Daniel Cleaver is a scumbag. Yeah. <sighs> um, but yeah, so in the movie, and then like... But isn't like... And then like Bridget Jones's baby, isn't she like pregnant and she doesn't know who the father is? Okay, but the movie is very different from the book because in the book, Mark Darcy dies at the beginning. And so it's like her... What? I know. That's why what? I won't read it. <laughs> no! I know. That's why in the movie they're like, nope, he's going to be alive the whole time and he will not be dead. 
No. I know. So it's like about her like being a single mother. I that know. sounds like a drag. Nobody wants that. Nobody <laughs> wants that at all. Um, Shoot. I know. But in the third movie, it's like she and Mark are not together anymore. And she, like, goes off to, like, some sort of, like, with Sharon. She and, like, Shazzer. Yeah, love her. Go to, like, some music festival. And she hooks up with Patrick Dempsey. <laughs> um, I mean. <laughs> yeah. But she had, like, at, like, a baptism hooked up with. Um, Mark Darcy and so she like isn't sure who the father is for the baby <sighs> it's Mark's though spoiler alert well good I watched that movie I don't want to have to be worrying about that <laughs> I watched that movie <clears throat> just like binging on Chinese food after we got back from um, driving a million hours oh down to God. Georgia and back oh my God, yeah. <laughs> um, for a friend's wedding and I was like, this movie is awful, but I just don't care. Like, because it's just one of those movies that's, like, pleasant to have on. And, like, I like Colin Firth. So I was like, yeah, this I'm fine with this. Is the first movie good? Like, should I watch it? Okay. I really like it. And most people who who I know like it. But I've also heard, like, my teacher... Like, I read this book for a comedy class. Like, a comedy mm-hmm. and literature class. And our teacher was like, the movie's awful. And, like, it definitely... Like, the book is obviously better... And it's, like, I think more skillfully plotted. But, like, Helen Fiel- Fielding wrote the screenplay for the movie. And I think it's it's definitely, I think it's charming. I guess, like, the only thing I wish about this book is that we had a little bit more buildup between her and Mark Darcy. See, and I think the movie, there is more. Yeah. Because um, I, I wish, like, I felt like there was so much crap with Daniel Cleaver for yes, so much of the time. I agree. And I wanted more of, like, Mark. I mean, Mark, like, was obviously kept popping up, but, like, mm-hmm. I didn't. Well, and because I think, because movies are more visual, his popping up is a lot more, like, remarkable in the movie. Right, because just because he was at a party doesn't mean, like... Yeah, and we're not relying just on Bridget's diary of being like, Mark was there being annoying. Yeah. (laughs) Which I like. Yeah. But, um, but I like that in the book, there isn't that, like, misinformation of the, the cheating on the wife thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I like, because she, she in the book just asked him, like, why do you hate Daniel Cleaver so much? And he was like, well, he slept with my wife two weeks after we got married. And she's like, oh, yeah, okay. That sucks. That, that adds up. Um, whereas, like, it's her mom that tells her, like, at the end. Because she's like, oh, like, Mark Darcy, he's, like, an asshole. And she's like, well, that's mean. His cruel raised ex-wife <laughs> cheated on him with Daniel Cleaver. <laughs> I love that the mom, like, basically is involved in, like, fraud with her boyfriend. <laughs> um, and, like, gets arrested in Portugal and, like, matches her outfit to match the police when they're escorting her Yeah, out. and she's like, well, of course I'm not getting arrested. Like, this is ridiculous. I loved it. And I love that Bridget knows he's, uh, Mark Darcy's like, get your mom to come downstairs. And she's like, mom, um, <laughs> Una's gravy. messing with the gravy. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I really love the parts that, like, Mark um, dealing with, like, the legality of Ugh. that. Like, it's hot. Yeah, it is. Well, and it, that is, like, reflective of in Pride and Prejudice when Elizabeth finds out that Lydia and Wickham have yes. run off together. Yes. And Darcy, like, goes out and, like, fixes everything because it's, like, a way for him to show. Because both, both Darcy's have issues, like, showing women that they like them yeah because they're both like kind of awkward and snobby 
And so he's like, okay, like, if I do go out and do this, that's, like, a gesture. Yeah. That's their love language. I, I don't really know much about that love <laughs> language crap, but I haven't read that self-help book. Yeah. Um, I also like that they, like, mentioned both Hugh Grant and Colin Firth in the book. <laughs> which And Hugh Grant for, like, <laughs> sleeping with prostitutes. Yeah. Hugh Grant, like, he has four children. Like, yeah. get your life together. He was married to Elizabeth Hurley. Like, how much better can you do? I have a 20-year-old at St. Andrews. Ugh. Or, sorry, 18. Yeah. Um, well, I think Hurley. it was very purposeful casting. It was like they wanted those two. Because it's like casting those people, like, has those connotations, too. Well, yeah. I mean, Hugh Grant, like, essentially is, like, sleazy Britishness. <laughs> and, um, and Colin Firth is, like, dad British. Ugh, but, like, dad hot. <laughs> I don't. I don't. He's find my him dad's hot. age, which I find very upsetting. Yeah, that is upsetting because I do. I love Colin Firth. I don't find him attractive. Ugh, I like. I, do. I like. I like find him cute or like yeah. adorable, but like in a dad way. I find him very appealing. Like, Did you see that Buzzfeed Bruce article? Bruce Springsteen. On the other hand, <laughs> he's older than my dad. Hey, um, there was a Buzzfeed article about Colin Firth when he was young, mm. and like he was actually like quite hot. I mean, I don't know. He's not my type. Yeah, I just like... He's not short and sassy. Yeah. <laughs> so, he's he's tall. Yeah. I like him tall. <clears throat> and he's not like Jude Law, who's just like objectively beautiful. And I, I also... <laughs> yeah, I think that he also, he has that appeal of like, that Tom Hanks appeal to me. No, I, I don't <laughs> I don't have that same but like, feeling. Okay, but if you had seen as many romantic comedies as me, as many times as I have, it's like... They're so, like, their personhood is so good in those movies. I and swear I, to God, if Tom Hanks is accused of sexual assault, like, I quit everything. Uh, mm, no, I will not. But I did hear that he was, like, getting himself in trouble by, like, not having good responses. Like, he had good responses. Sure, but like, Matt, Matt Damon, Damon, shut your damn mouth. I just want to be like, oh, like, when he was like, we need to be highlighting men who aren't predators. I was like, no, that's very much not the point. <laughs> <laughs> that is not <laughs> like don't try to get yourself like some more he's screen time or something it's like he's so used to I think having like the right idea and like people being like yeah he's really got it going on about like water conservation or like teachers unions yeah now yeah. he gets up there and everyone's like oh oh no yeah no I mean it's not I guess that surprising when like your best friend is Ben Affleck right you know yeah. Well, and I, I like I don't think he means harm. Like I think he's no, like coming so from a either. good place, but it's like that's exactly like the type of thing that we need to be educating again, like mm-hmm. good men who genuinely just don't understand. Yeah. Cuz I feel like like he said like maybe we should give Louis CK a second chance. I'm like, I don't think you understand what it would feel like to have someone to be invited into a room, in yeah, and have them masturbate in front of you. Like how degrading that is, and frankly bizarre. Yes, and like disturbing, um, and gross. Yeah, like I just think that like men don't understand how like how just awful that kind of stuff makes women feel because they're just like, oh, I mean, I, I just. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, well, it's also, like, I just don't, I just don't know why you would go in defense of any of these men right now. Like, yeah. I just think you should keep your mouth shut. Like, I, like, I definitely agree that legally there's a distinction between, oh, like. Oh, for sure. Like, and I also, I, I, like, I'm not trying to say, like, women should, like, 
not feel the way that they feel because like you should feel however you want to feel but I also like I've been flashed before and like I'm not yeah and I'm not out there being like it's the same as being raped like that's like I don't think that's right to do but yeah it was really gross it was when I was in college it was like some homeless man my friend called the police good (laughs) as you should it's a crime it was awful I just I also reacted like a 19th century woman I was like oh my goodness (laughs) 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 which is not the way I would have wanted to react I don't even know what I would want to yeah. react. I would maybe say, I was like, like heaven's me. Maybe say, not impressed or something. That's maybe <laughs> See, that's what, what want. you would want to do. Or yeah. like, like when you're like sexually harassed on the street too, like you just want to be like, go fuck yourself. Like I'm not an object, but you also don't want to be followed home. So you have to just kind of like put your head down. Yeah. Ugh, God, it sucks. I just don't really understand like the purpose of catcalling. Like what are you getting out of it? Well, like, so what's been happening to me a lot is men have been honking at me. <laughs> I'll be walking down the street and a guy will honk. And so, like, I grew up in a small town. So when I hear a honk, I assume it's someone I know that wants to wave at me. Because, like, that's Or you're doing something wrong, like crossing the street in the wrong place. Right. Well, it's always I'm on the sidewalk. So I know it's not that. So in my head, I'm like, oh, maybe it's, like... Because I know people in Bethesda, like Rachel's family could be, like, puttering around, you know? Yeah. Um, And so I look up and it's always this, like, older dude like leering at me and then like does like a little like finger jiggle wave yeah. and I always scowl at them it's like what do you expect like am I gonna get in the car with you like what did I tell you that I got followed home oh no yeah so okay so <coughs> um I've been doing some volunteer work at um the rape crisis center which is in like a not great area of town mm-hmm. and so unfortunately like the training got out like pretty late at night and so I would basically, like, be getting on the metro at, like, usually, like, 9.30 or 10. Mm. And so I was, like, getting on the metro, and, like, I have to switch at a certain station, and, like, mm-hmm. I had, like, kind of noticed this guy staring at me, and I was like, oh, like, I'm going to keep my eye out because yeah. I'm vigilant. Yeah. And then, like, he had followed, or, like, he followed me down to, like, where I switched, and I'm like, well, you know, like, it's Metro Center, a lot of people switch. Yeah. But so what I did strategically was I waited to get on the train because I was like, well, if he is getting on this train, then he will get on. And if he is not, like, he's not going to wait for me to get on. Or, like, yeah. basically, like, that way I'll know if he's following me or not. Yeah. And so, like, I got on the train at, like, the last second. And then he, like, came in right as the door closed. I'm like, fuck, he's following me. So then I switched cars halfway through. Yeah. To see that if he would follow me. And he followed me again no. into my oh new my car. Yeah. So, like, I rode all the way home and basically was like, fuck, what am I going to do? And so <laughs> what I did was I just ran up to, like, the ticket or, like, the, um like, authority that sits mm-hmm. in like the booth and was like this guy is following me like can I stand here and like until he goes away oh and like I will say those people are always really nice to me they're really nice I love them yeah I mean as horrible as the DC metro is like those people are gems so don't punish them for like oh the my metro's god I know never yell at those people yeah they've always been so nice to me yeah the, there's the um, guy who works out in the morning waves at me every morning. Yeah. In, like, a not creepy way at all. One time the machine ate $40 of my money. Oh, my and God. And the guy was like, you can ride for free. Forever. And then, yeah, and then he was like, and here's where how you call, and, like, here's, like, how you'll get your money back, because, like, I can't open the machine. 
Yeah, no, they're really nice. But anyway, so, like, then that guy, like, basically, like, was thwarted and, like, walked away and, like, away from the direction of where my house is. That's good. But, like, literally, I told Brennan that story, and, like, the next day he had ordered me a pink pink pepper spray, which I carry now. Yeah. Pepper spray is risky, though, I feel like, because it's, like, you don't want to, like, get sprayed yourself you it's like pretty dangerous especially if you do it in in an enclosed space yeah but at least it'll give you like the time to run away yeah i don't know brennan taught me how to use it too it's like you basically go for the eyebrows and that's like how you get them smart but um yeah so anyway it's horrible um and just like i'm i'm really glad that awareness is being brought to how pervasive this issue is um, because I genuinely don't think men understood that. I really do not think people understand at all. Yeah. And I also, like, I love hearing, like, I do like hearing from men in the sense of, like, that when they're, like, supporting and defending women. Like, my uncle, like, warmed my heart the other day. We, we were talking about how, like, victims, like, are not believed. Or, yeah. like, I guess somebody was making, like, some comments about, like, something about, like, women who are coming forward and how like why like why are they coming forward now and like why didn't like why don't they like know enough and and I was like why is this all and my uncle was like I just don't understand why people are putting it all on the women like what about these guys that are doing gross stuff like like, also these men who are in like very high levels of power who will punish you and ruin your career if you come forward well and they were saying like don't these women know right from wrong staying in those rooms and and my uncle was like don't the men know right from wrong like doing that kind of stuff to women like that's disgusting and i was like oh my god not that i don't think that he's like it's not revolutionary yeah it's not like a surprise that my uncle would be like a supporter of women like he has two daughters and and me as a niece and right whatever not that that you know like you know not that uh, i have daughters so yeah yeah, 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 not that i'm saying that but it's just like i feel like when there's a, the generation above us, I think sometimes can have like an old fashioned view about women, yeah. And like that, they're like there's still an idea of like chivalry, which I think is nice. But <laughs> yeah, but like I mean, honestly, now it's like like when does chivalry chivalry become sexual harassment in the right. workplace too? Well, and I think I th- well I think that's the question that that generation above us asks. It's is it. Because it's like, oh, can I not, like, compliment a woman anymore? And it's like, no, that's not what that means. Well, it's also, like, maybe, like, don't, like, say, like, nice ass. Yeah. (laughs) Well, like, I had um, my intern coordinator, when I interned on the Hill, he would just say, like, oh, you look nice today. That is fine. Exactly. And it was really, it was, like, lovely. And it wasn't, like, every day. It was, like, it was just an appreciation of, like, I put a lot of effort into my appearance. And it didn't make me feel like he was looking through my clothes. Right. And it's not in a way that's like, mm, you look nice. Today. Yeah, it's, you know, there's yeah. there's tone and whatever. There are ways in which to do it. And if you're not sure if you're hitting the right note, then maybe don't don't play the note. Just, just don't do it. Yeah. Well, because somebody was saying like, well, men are afraid now to like be around women. I'm like, well, women have been afraid to be around men forever. So like, <laughs> you know, and we're afraid of getting raped. You're just afraid of like, oh, maybe Being she won't take my compliment in good form or like whatever. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I'm. I'm glad we're back to feminist course. <laughs> <laughs> I know, seriously, but appropriate for reading Bridget Jones. Yes, but I think Bridget Jones sometimes, because it's like a romantic comedy, often gets, I think, unfairly accused of being like anti-feminist or like. No, I don't. I mean, the only thing that I think is a little anti-feminist is the weight stuff. Yeah, that's but, like troublesome. But um, 
but also like in the sense that it is like an act like an accurate portrayal of like how women think about themselves yes. is like also like I think it, it when I read it it was like on the one hand I'm like this is ridiculous and this is insane that we think about things this way but mm-hmm. I'm also like mm, I really need to cut back because like <laughs> <laughs> which is like I probably not I mean yeah at once I'm like gaining awareness but at another taking 15 steps back (laughs) so I mean obviously you know I'm not perfect but nobody's perfect nobody's perfect yeah well and I think that's the acceptance that we all need to like move toward as women like that was something like I guess that was like one of my goals this year was to not be as hard on myself and like give myself a break about not like that you're not going to still be ambitious and like expect you know, a high character from yourself, but it's, like, if I get off of my gym schedule or, like, eat not as good as I would like to for a week, I'm not going to be, like, oh, just worthless, Audrey. Do you go to the gym? I mean, well, not last week because I was sick. I literally, like, I have gotten so out of the habit. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, well, and that's the thing. It's, like, when you get out of the habit, you start to feel really bad about yourself, but it's, like, you know, sometimes you just, you need a break. Yeah, well, I also think, like, I don't know. I was, like, I was doing great, like, around the time of my wedding. I was, like, really on a good routine. And then, like, when I came back, things at work were horrible. And so, like, I just feel like everything's falling apart. And I feel guilty, and it's horrible. And it's unhealthy, and I wish that I could not be like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, deal with one neuroses at a time. Yes. You can put it on your resolution. My resolution list. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I need to prioritize self-care more. I that basically, like, at, at, right now I'm like, self-care, like, F that. I don't have time <laughs> for you. Um, but it's important. Well, I guess that, that wraps up Bridget Jones. What did you give this on Goodreads? I haven't given it anything yet, but I'm going to give it a five. Me too. Yeah. Um, I'm two books away from reaching my reading goal. Oh my god, I'm like a hundred books. What, what was your goal? Thirty. Okay, that's reasonable. I gave fifty. I'm like I've Whoa. read like six books this year. <laughs> I mean, well, I've read I'm more like than that. I'm stressed out because I feel like I'm like I'm well within. It, it's within reason that I could read two books by the end of the year. Are you kidding me? Yeah, we but, read this in okay, three days. Yeah, exactly. But it was like the next book I was going to read was Bruce Springsteen's biography, and that's very mm. long. Or his. Are memoir? you trying to get invited to my <laughs> to my birthday? <laughs> no. tickets? I just I've had it since last Christmas, so I was like, it's no. probably its turn. And um, but I just like that's way too long for me to read in that amount of. If, mean, and then read another book. I think you should just read the next two Bridget Joneses because they. I was really thinking about it, but I don't want to read Bridget Jones's baby because I will not entertain a world in which Mark Darcy is dead. That's fair. You can read the second one then. Yeah, I almost thought about buying it today because they I, took I the second movie off it. Netflix. Oh, bastards. They have the first and the third. They used to have the second and third. I own the first one, so I don't need it. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably buy it, um, the next one and read it. Because I really did like it. Yeah, and I wanna see the difference between the movie and I just think I'm never gonna watch the movie. I think I'm just gonna be a purist and only read the book. I like it. (coughs) So yeah, but I, I think I was nervous about suggesting this as a book only because I think that people have, like, a snobbish attitude about the movie. And because I remember when I was telling you that it was my suggestion, I was like, it's better than the book. And I also... You mean, you mean it's better than the movie? Yes. 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 <laughs> um, 
but I'm glad that you liked it. No, I, I really liked it. Um, I'd say, like, it was maybe my most favorite we've read so far. It was definitely the most enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, I, like, very much looked forward to reading it and would read it for bigger chunks than, yeah. like, the other books that I've been like, all right, I can only handle one chapter of Lotto <laughs> this week. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I think this book was the most purely enjoyable book that we've read. Yeah. That also had, like, literary merit. Um Whereas the other books, I think, had maybe more literary merit yeah. and were, like, just purely enjoyable. I think that's true. But I think, like, that is kind of the point of Bridget Jones, is that, like, it's about, like, high and low culture. But it also and, is a smart book. Yeah. And, well, and I was like, this book is, like, kind of, like, the novel form of our podcast. Yeah. Where it's, like, Bridget is, like, interested and she tries to, like, be engaged in, like, important conversations and, like, be interested in high culture, yeah. but also likes low culture. And I think we started this podcast because we were, like, we like books and we like literature, but we're also, like, not assholes about we're it. We're also fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess we should say, like, maybe one or two things about Christmas since it's our holiday episode. That's true. And we'll be breaking for a bit. So. Yeah. Um, so what are your Christmas plans? Um, I will be going home to upstate New York. Um, I'm going... We'll be going to my aunt and uncle's for Christmas Eve. My my outfit decision blew wide open last night. I know. I saw your tweet. I'm worried about you. <laughs> well, I think, so what I'm going to wear, well, it, it blew open because I will be attending a funeral when I'm home. Oh. Yeah. Um, well, and basically, so I bought this shrug that I'm wearing a gray dress, but I want to wear, it's like kind of short, it's like capped sleeve or like short, mm-hmm. kind of short sleeve. Um and I just feel weird about that in the winter. And I also feel like the shrug make it's like more of a it's like kind of sheer and it's got flowers and it's black. And I just think it'll it'll kind of complete my outfit a little bit because I don't usually wear just like plain gray. Um, no, you don't. No. Um, but like patterns are kind of inappropriate or like my style is kind of inappropriate for a funeral. <laughs> it's colorful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and loud. Um, so I'm going to wear the shrug that I, well, I was going to wear it with the dress I was going to wear for Christmas Eve, but I don't want to wear it because I'll be seeing a lot of the same people. Mm -hmm. This couldn't matter less. And I apologize if people think that like, I'm like obsessing about an outfit for a funeral and not really caring about celebrating the life of the person whose funeral I'm attending. Well, you want to be respectful. Well, exactly. Um, and so I I think instead I was going to wear this green velvet dress that I have, Mm. but it's like a tank. And so I was going to wear the shrug with it. I bought the shrug to wear. But I think instead I'm going to wear, like, my, like, black dress pants Mm. and, like, this other, like, flowy flower top that I have. And that way, like, it's got kind of a V-neck so I can wear. I'm going to steal one of my mom's, like, cool amethyst, like, Mm. big necklaces. And I'm going to wear heels with it. So I'm going to go, like, sometimes I like to, like, throw in a little menswear just to, like, I think menswear on women is, like, kind of hot. I mean, as you know, except for today, I pretty much only wear pantsuits these days. <laughs> um, but um, I bought a red pantsuit for Ooh, Christmas Eve. I like it. I don't know that I'm going to wear it because I wore it to a holiday party this week and literally looked pregnant in it. Okay, but that was but like that the was top. Wore, that... It was because I wore a peplum top, which like, anyway. But um, I don't think you'll look pregnant if you don't wear that shirt with Okay, it. well, I'm going to bring it home and I'll decide later. But, um, but anyway, so that's an option for me. But um, I'm going... Um, home also, but we're spending Christmas up in Tahoe, nice in, in Reno with my grandparents and my mom's side of the family. 
And then Brennan's coming after that, and then I think we'll probably go skiing and stuff. Oh, nice. I'm a terrible skier. I do not. I'm also a terrible skier, so we could probably go skiing together. Yeah, um, I almost broke Quentin's dad's legs skiing. Okay, Because well. Well, we were ski- he was like, okay, just, like, put your hands on my shoulders, and we'll go down the mountain together. Oh, that's so dangerous. That's his that's yeah. his fault. Our skis got tangled. Well, no surprise Because I'm, I'm a panicker. Yeah, I... Um, I really want to be a good skier because I like the bougie stuff that goes along with skiing. Yeah, like, I, I don't like, like watching those six-year-olds just like shoot down it's mountains. Because they have though. no fear. <laughs> but like, I like I like the whole like like I would love to go on a ski vacation where you, you like ski in the morning and like go to the spa in the afternoon and like wear mm-hmm. like fur crap all the time. Like that sounds delightful to me. Yeah. No. No, Not for you. I would rather go to the beach. No, see, I would way rather go to the mountain. See, my dream. I don't like the. I don't like sand. I just love just sitting on a beach and reading. You could also sit near on a mountain. Um, you could sit on your porch that is heated and read. I guess. I just like. I, I don't know. I, one thing I will say as we kind of like wrap up this year and like not that we've been like doing this podcast for a year, but one thing I've enjoyed is I think that how long have we been doing it? Like, since September. That's like. Like a semester. Yeah. But one thing I really enjoyed about this, apart from just the podcast in general and, like, reading books and talking about them, is I think, like, people have always thought of us as, like, a like very much like a duo. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, or, like, almost the same. And yeah. I, I've really enjoyed, like, discovering our differences. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, actually, speaking of our differences, so this was, like, I would say, like, this book is, like, a you book. Yes. I mean, like, and, like, I really enjoyed it, and mm-hmm. I, frankly, would, like, read more of them. Mm-hmm. But, like, I would not say that, like, this book is necessarily a share book. Yeah. But our next book, <laughs> <laughs> however. Our next book is going to be Helter Skelter. <laughs> which is about the Manson murders. But it is also my favorite crime. That's true. But but that's, it's, like, it's a compromise because it's a, yeah. it's a true crime book, but it's also, like, I mean, I don't care as much about the Manson murders as you do. Well, I think I realized what it is because my, like, favorite criminal stuff are are drug cartels, um, cults, mm. and the Manson murders. And well, I the think... Manson murders are kind of culty. Yeah. Well, and I, yeah, so I like, like, in Scientology... But I think what I like about all those things is, like, I'm not interested in Charles Manson as a child. I'm not interested in, in like, I think I was, like, not as interested in Narcos because I wasn't interested in Pablo Escobar, like, building his empire. I'm more interested in, like, the weird stuff, like, like that cartels, like, do, like, mutilation, I think is, like, why, as opposed to just killing someone, you mm. know what I mean? Um, like that scene in Sicario where they drive by and the people are like hanging like that oh, to yeah. me is like the most interesting. So it's like, I think I'm interested in like, like just like in serial killers are like my favorite. Cause it's like what, and like when they have like different, like they take different trophies or like organize yeah. things in a certain way. It's like, I'm just interested in like w- what is going on in people's heads that like would cause them to do stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I will say my favorite are... Um, I love when they taught the police. Yes. With clues. Um, so, like, that's my favorite. I love when they insert themselves in, in investigations. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, like, in fiction, my favorite is if it's, like, somebody who you would never suspect. Yeah. That's my favorite is, like, it's somebody who's, like, close to everybody. And then, it, like, like, I love it when... 
like one of my very favorite Law and Order plot lines was like this guy who had been in the show for a long time. He was the coroner. Mm-hmm. Like he ended up being a serial killer, <gasps> and I friggin' loved it. Like that's amazing. Yeah. Because it's, like, obviously, like, it made sense. Like, he's into dead bodies. And, like, mm-hmm. through, like, that season, they had kind of, like, been playing him up more. So, like, he was more of a character. But it was, yeah. like, still, like, he was... Like, the coroner's, like, always just been, like, a person who's on the show that, like, plays yeah. their part and then they go home. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah. I also think that it's just, like, it's a comfort to me. Like, serial killers are obviously not comforting in any way. But, like, it's a comfort to me that it's, like, they kill because it's a compulsion and because they're, like crazy and like the Manson girls like murdered those people because they were like totally under the spell of Charles Manson and like believed in his like doctrine so much and so it's like that to me is like more comforting than like just somebody like killing someone like a guy like killing his family like that to me is like very disturbing I have no interest in them well it's just like that to me is like just disturbing and so it's like it just I feel like I can be more interested in crime that's like that has, like, a weird element to it and, like, there's something going on in someone's brain that's making them, like, want to do something like that. Right. Well, and I also really like when they can track it back to, like... Like, I love it when they, like, do something, like, part of their signature is, like, Mm -hmm. able to be... Like, like I love the um, criminal profiler shows because it's like, oh, this is because... Like, yes. this happened in their childhood, or, like, they have, like, yeah. an overbearing mother, and so, yes. like, this is why this is showing up. Like, I love that stuff. Yeah, that's what I hope. I hope next season Mindhunter is just, like, I hope it's, like, very procedural. Yes. Like, I just want him, like, going. I think that's what I wanted this season to be. I liked it a lot, but, like, I wanted this season. They had to lay a lot of groundwork. Yes. Yeah. I wanted, like, I think that's the thing. It's, like, I am not as into origin stories with that kind of stuff. It's, like, yeah. I want to just see them, like, going to cases and, like, telling me what why well, i think that killers it, I, are doing i'm hoping doing. that will be more like what it's like this yeah. time too well i think like did next you watch season, criminal minds i've seen like a couple episodes you should i mean that's what that show is like yeah it's very good yeah and they also have like an adorable like nerdy man who's like very fun attractive and um <laughs> yeah anyway i think you would like it but um yeah so, anyway, that will be our next book. Yeah, get ready for lots of true crime discussions. Yep. And Manson talk. Oh, I'm just going to end this with this um, realization that I I think that I probably told you this because I told everyone I knew. <laughs> but I found out, I was listening to this podcast about the Boston Stranglers. Mm-hmm. And um, I was telling Brennan about it because I was like, oh, you're, you're from Boston, like, whatever. And he was like, oh, yeah, my grandpa worked that case. He was one of the detectives. I'm like, are you effing kidding me? <laughs> like, you never told me that? Like, how dare you? And so then I called Brennan's mom, and I was like, hey, like, so <laughs> I heard that, um, you know, that um, your dad worked that case. And she was like, oh, yeah, like, when I was a little girl, I walked in on crime scene photos from that. And I was like, oh, my God. And, like, those crime scene photos were, like, really, like, they were Awful. really posed. And, like, oh. like the bodies were very posed. And it was, like, a very graphic. And they were nude. And, like, anyway, like, it would be a very disturbing yeah. crime scene photo to come across. And I was like, oh, really? Like, um, <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> yeah. And, but, I mean, she was just like, yeah. And I, like, never told my dad because I didn't want to get him in trouble. Because, like, he, oh. she knew that, like if her mom found out, she'd be really mad at the dad, like, kind of, like, what happened in Mindhunters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then I 
then I talked to Brennan's dad and he was like, oh yeah, I was interviewed on that because I was the paper boy <gasps> who like, um, like one of the like later cases, um, like the body was basically discovered because there was like a buildup of papers. Mm. And so he was interviewed because they thought like maybe he had seen people around like at oh. that time. And so like he was like 10 or something oh and was God. interviewed and was like very nervous that like Aww. he was suspected. <laughs> anyway, but I was like, Brendan, like, I don't have anything like this in my family. Yeah. And like you have and been. And you're also from Northern California where like serial killers are dime a dozen. Are, yeah. Yeah, they're everywhere. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know that my mom was, like, very aware of Richard Ramirez when he was, like, yeah. on his, uh, the, the Night Stalker spree. But, um, she had a German shepherd, so she was safe. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so I was just, like, you didn't open with this? Like, yeah. you didn't tell me this early on? Yeah, you've been, like... I'm an obvious true crime yeah. fan. All, All I ask for for Christmas is true crime books. Yes. And Hunt a Killer. <laughs> so, and I bought myself a Nancy Drew pin. So... <laughs> I can't believe that like, he's held out on me for so long. But anyway, so that was an exciting, fun thing. Yeah. So. So, yeah, look forward to more true crime talk in the future. Yeah. We probably could have saved all of this for our first episode we of probably, Helter Skelter. We probably could But you know what? We're not perfect. You know what? Don't. We're, we're not even aiming for it. We're just going to do what feels right, like Bridget. <laughs> I feel like I thought this episode was going to go back to being shorter because um, no. Tyler's not here. And I thought, like, oh, three people, like, it added some time. But we've just been chatting away. Yeah. So sorry if you sorry. feel like it's long, but I'm not that sorry. I'm not sorry. I, mean, <laughs> I, I listened to three hour podcasts before. So. That's true. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, but you know, we hope you all have like a very happy holiday and a Merry Christmas and a great new year. And we're so happy that you guys have given us great feedback on our podcast and you know, thanks all, for listening. All we want for Christmas are reviews. Yes. So feel free to leave them <laughs> that's how you can give to the queen bee book club podcast this that's christmas if you're wondering um <laughs> but yeah thanks for listening yeah love you guys bye bye